0: Hi and welcome to this episode of Conversation with a Chef. I'm Joe Ritty and I love sharing with you the conversations I get to have with talented and passionate chefs. It's the backstory if you will to the food they're putting up. I begin today by acknowledging the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional custodians of the lands and airwaves of Nam, where this conversation takes place, land which was never ceded. Land where communities came together to eat seasonally, locally and without exhausting resources. I pay my respects to the elders past, present and rising. Today I'm talking to Matthew Butcher from the ETO Collective. That's the group behind Ronnie's, Dive Bar, Shutters, Estate to name a few. Matthew is a larger than life character who loves hugs as greetings and immediately made me feel at home and as though I was talking to an old friend when I went in to talk to him at Ronnie's. Matthew talked a lot about how lucky he's been in following his dad's advice to surround himself with good people, having worked for Shannon Bennett and Ryan Clift at Vue du Monde, and Josh Emmett and Gordon Ramsay in New York, and at May's in Melbourne. He's also done the Hard Yards, and that, combined with a genuine love for hospitality and for people, is reflected in the ETO collective group of venues. Now, I did actually try to count up the various restaurants and bars that part of, that are part of this group, and then Matthew mentioned a couple of others that are opening soon. So let's just say that he has an impressive portfolio of places where delicious food and a fun vibe are the priority. This was such a treat of the conversation, and it's such a pleasure to share it with you. Joe.
1: Hello. Hi. How are you? Nice, nice to see to you, you again. No, will hug. Sorry, oh. I'm a bit of a hugger. <laughs> Put up in jacket. Oh. How are you? Good. Thank Apologies you. Apologies for my. Uh,
0: I know. Tardiness. No, not even really that tardy. It's, um, and there's so much going on. So thank you for your time as well. You're all very welcome. <laughs> so it's very lo-fi on conversation with the yep. chef, so I just record our conversation I know, and I, I know, like yeah. minimalist interventions. So. Yeah. No worries. So, yeah, yeah. Cool. I'm
1: so, ready. Um, are we recording? We are. Brand. Let's
0: all go. Brand. Oh, I hope so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I once did have a chat with in the early days and we had this whole one to chat and it wasn't recording, so that was disappointing. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, now, so tell me, sort of interested because you're between Sydney and Melbourne, you grew up in Chuka, and I know mm. that New York has a really special place in your heart. Mm. What, what, where do you think you
1: call home? Well, Melbourne's my home. Yeah. Um, funny that. I love America. Yeah. So my parents, um, obviously very family-driven and very, very tight family, hence why I'm still in Melbourne. Um, But where I feel most comfortable is the U.S. So when I get there, I feel at ease. Uh, I feel very much at home. I feel grounded. So I actually really enjoy my travels there. I'm very fortunate enough that I get the chance to travel there for work quite often, um, which I really embrace. And last year I got to experience it for about eight months, um, which was unbelievable in New York. Um, But yeah, so it's funny. So between Melbourne and and America, I feel at ease. So I'm very lucky that I get to call two places home.
0: Yeah, that Mm -hmm. is lucky. And I saw on one of your Instagram posts, someone had commented that it was like a childhood dream for you, doing what you were doing Mm -hmm. in the States. What is it about... Where did that come from, that love
1: of... Well, funny that, I grew up with two older sisters, yep. so I watched a lot of, <laughs> a lot of TV, yep. a lot of drama shows, um, shows like Beverly Hills, Melrose Place, oh, yes. back in the day. Yes. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I, I just think a lot of the that food scene in them shows, like diners, etc., etc., burgers, pizza, yeah, I just fell in love with it, right? And then yeah. I guess growing up with my parents in a takeaway food shop, my dad was famous for making pizzas, my mum's work ethic, and, and, and having a great burgers on the menu, like that's how I learned my love of food, yeah. Um, and I guess that's like where the staples are of the US, so think that's where i feel the love for it and i guess why i love being there yeah. you know it's funny I, I chat to a friend who lives in the u.s who's an actor and he, and he he hates the food there yeah um but he knows how much i love it and we haven't <laughs> we, we debate about it all the time whether it's a hot dog or a burger or a pizza like last year i spent most of the year going around testing mm-hmm. pizzas
0: thank you so Amazing.
1: thank you so much enjoy thank wow
0: <laughs> what is that
1: uh, so this is one of our, this is our famous fermented potato focaccia. Oh, yes. Made in-house. Yes. Whipped codro, and then some uh, reman- romanesco sauce. Oh, romanesco sauce. I, oh, I, dip. Yeah. I just feel
0: like maybe, maybe when I've been here before everyone's ripped into it so quickly I haven't Great. seen it and Correct.
1: it's pristine Correct. in complete form. It looks wow. pretty. It's so, beautiful. It's just some fresh thyme on top. It's
0: gorgeous. So... But I find that interesting that you're really drawn to those, that sort of burger, pizza, diner kind of thing, because you're big, according to what I've read, your big epiphany about food and wanting to be a chef was when you're 18 in Carlton, eating that confit duck. Mm. That's not a burger. Very, very
1: <laughs> much not a burger.
0: So what do you, what was that? What was that moment where... Can you just describe what was
1: happening for you when you just thought, I, actually, this is what I want to do now? Yeah, I think we all evolve right in time. Um, so growing up with the burgers and the pizza, et etc., et I think that's uh, one, one, one part of being a chef and that side of food. Um, the time I went and ate at Voudemond it was, in Carlton, uh, I was actually at university, and I had a twice-cooked duck leg with pommes mousseline red wine sauce. I still remember. It was one of the best things I've ever eaten. I think it was I fell more in love with who was doing that yeah so like I looked at Shannon back then his long hair I was like I want to be like that so I think you know when I went, what I ate was was amazing and the person that was creating it and cooking it was even better and my dad was very big on oh you surround yourself with the best um, if you want to you know be around the best and and, and you want to do well in life Um, so I guess that's how it all started for me from there and you know, essentially I went from burger pizza to French cooking. Yeah. So, um, you know, that that's sort of how it all started for me.
0: And is it true that you were in then in Vudemont and you sent a note to Shannon to ask to work for him?
1: Correct, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's so, so after So after I actually went to, to Vudemont in Carlton, I went back to where my parents reside in Echuca, um and worked at a pub up there. Okay. I did my first two years of the apprenticeship there. Oh,
0: okay, yep.
1: So I... You know, where I did a lot of developing, I learned under a couple of great chefs there, learned about being around people. I was a big into sports, so I was always around a team, if that makes sense. Um, But yeah, two years in, Shannon brought out his first book, My View, it was called. And I started cooking all the recipes out of it in this pub and uh, sort of learning and trying to get better um, every day. And then my parents didn't understand why I never was at home. So, you know, I was working mad hours. And then I said, oh, you know, I'll, I'll take you, Mum. I'll tell you, I'll show you where I want to be and what I want to do. So we drove down to Melbourne, got a reservation at Vudemonde, went in there. And before I got there, I, I wrote a letter to Shannon just to say how much he inspired me. Um, one day that i would work for him and, uh, you know, and, and everything I want to learn from him and where I want to go in life. And uh, I gave it to the, the maitre d' at the time, which was Brian Lloyd. And um, he took the letter and I saw, you know what? Who knows what's going to happen here? And I was sitting down with my mum and 30 minutes later, Shannon stumbled out, shaked my hand, you know, started chatting. He goes, mate, come back next week. We'll sit down have a conversation. Um, and that led into, you know, meeting Ryan Clift at the time, which was the chef de cuisine. Um, so I, when, I, when I came back down to Melbourne from Echuca, I sat in a 30-minute interview with them just before lunch service and you could tell, like, there's 20 chefs in there. They were flying around. And it was just, uh, it was a vibe. And yeah. I was... I want to do that. And then that went really well. And then, you know, Ryan said, come back next week. So I went back to Oshuka, come back the following week. And, uh, you know, he said, come to work 7.30 in the morning. I'm like, okay, great. Uh, Rolled in at 7.30 after a big night out in Carlton with some friends from university. Big mistake that was. And um, I walked in at 7.30 and there was about 20 chefs in there running. I was like, wow, what is this? Um, Sat down with Shannon about one o'clock at night later on that day. Or well, later on the next day, and uh, you know, you know, he said, "Welcome to the team." Wow! So uh, that's where it all changed.
0: That's amazing because it's, yeah, that fast pace, that whole vibe. Um, I guess when you're starting off, though, well, it sounds like you were always creative because you were cooking books. Sorry, cooking, um, cooking recipes from um, from books and so on. So pushing yourself. But when you're starting off as an apprentice and lower in the ranks and doing all that kind of stuff, it's. do you still feel part of a team, do you think?
1: Do you still feel part of it?
0: Yeah, when you're not the one doing the creating and you're way down here, but I guess it
1: depends on the kitchen. It depends on the culture, for yeah. sure. I think back then, though, we were in a different world to what we're living in right now. Yeah. Um, for me, I think... I was just very proud to be where I was. Yeah, and I think sure. regard, like when I looked at the team, obviously there's, there's very different individual personalities. Um, everyone had their own agenda. Um, but when you're surrounded in an environment like that, every, everyone's got the same goal. It's to be great and to get better every day. Um, and, and back then, Shannon got his third hat third and the place was probably one of the best in the country um, and, and we are all striving to get better. And when you're surrounded with a team like that, you can only get better. You can only surround yourself with greatness. So I really enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong, it was probably one of some of the hardest times of my life. Yeah, um,
0: yeah I wonder that.
1: But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good environment to be in, to, to learn. Now, if it was like that now, in, in this, this day and age, You wouldn't see it very often Mm. very 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 different now cultures the teams the way they interact um yeah it's a a different philosophy for the for the kids coming through now and how they learn and how how they're taught and the team environment's very different so what do you mean well i guess you know back then it was um you know you work a lot you work work hard and you work a lot yeah um you wouldn't, you wouldn't question it, um, you, you would enjoy it, and, and, and you'd go after it, whereas these days, I think it's, uh, and I think it's for the better, it's just we, we, we the work-life balance is much more structured um, and it really helps the, the generations that are coming through with their mental health. Um, and also, just how you can take working, whether it's 8, 12, 16, 18 hours in a day, back into 8 hours a day and, and being um, more structured and, and what, you can, what you can take on. Right. So, back then it used to be the me- mentality of like work, 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 learn, 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 learn yes. um, as much as you could. Whereas now we're trying to, it's very much the same, but you know, you're trying to compact it down into um, a more structured timeline. So
0: this is a question that's only just come to me right now, so I'm not sure if I can formulate it properly. But I was just thinking when you were saying that that we, we the media, um, do a lot of saying monde um, alumni or Attica um, alumni. Is it when new people are coming through now in some of these big kitchens, are they able to enjoy the moment of being in that kitchen and learning and being part of a team in that moment? Or do you reckon people are always thinking, about getting out on their own and
1: being an alumni. Mm. Does that make sense, the question? It does. Yeah, I I, I think so. I think back in the day, you probably weren't looking like you weren't thinking that. No. Whereas now you probably are. Right.
0: Um,
1: I mean, I think the amount of time you spend now with chefs is probably a lot less uh, on average than what it used to be. Yeah. Um, I think these days, a lot of chefs coming through... um, speed up the timeline of how long they spend with one um, and I can see the positives around that I think my mentality back in the day was it wasn't a timeline it was like how long you could spend like how, how much I needed to learn from that person and then the, I never thought about alumni you know no. ne- never, never never once did I think that like I thought I was blessed to be in a position I was in more than yeah. what's going to happen next but we're in a small world right like our industry is quite small when you think about it everyone knows everyone everyone supports everyone um you know so i look at i went to Villemont actually just recently and hugh's doing an awesome job over there um and i looked at all the chefs in there and i to to look at it now you can see the joy in the chef's faces of what they're doing yeah. and I feel like when back in the day, when I was there, it was more like, Jesus it was hard. <laughs> like it's okay, we'll stressful, good. and yeah. you know, like you know, you, you're at it, and you want it, you want, it, you, want it, you want to do good, and you know, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But you can sort of tell the, the culture shift, and I reckon them the, them chefs in there now been thinking, wow, like I'm I'm a part of that Voodoo alumni now. Like Vunamon itself is a brand. Like Shannon's created yeah. is something unbelievable. So and I think that anyone that walks through the doors there now get to be a part of the ones that have experienced it in the past. Yeah.
0: And how long did you stay?
1: At Mon? Yeah. Um, three and a half years at Vu. Wow,
0: that's quite long. Mm, that well
1: maybe a... in
0: today's standards.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it was uh, it was it was great. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Um, fun times, hard times. It's probably the hardest hardest stretch of my career. Um, just with with um, you know I guess um, the, the, what, what we're trying to achieve yeah. um, you know to be perfect every day is a challenge right but Shannon and, and Ryan they um, they, you know really set the, set the tone of what we were going after and who we wanted to be every day yeah. um, so it was hard, lots of hard work and um, I was lucky enough to be surrounded and supported by a great family, my sister and used to iron my jackets for me um, you know so a lot of moral support from my parents yeah um, but, you know, that was the hardest, but some of the best time of my life, for yeah. sure.
0: So, was it that you came to a certain point then and thought, okay, I need the next challenge?
1: Yeah, I guess. I think we all hit that in yeah. different parts of our life. Um, I felt that, you know, maybe a little rundown in one spot. Um, I was also very much attached to Ryan, who was the chef de cuisine at the time. Um, he went to open a restaurant in Singapore That's called right, Tibley yeah. Club. Um, so there was a, I felt like there was a great opportunity there to travel as well, which was something that I was really big on and, and a part of my goals for, as I was growing um, to get that experience. So I sort of jumped at that chance. and You know, when going with Ryan, I guess, it still felt like it was vitamin did that make sense? Yeah. He was, he was a very yeah. big part of that. So, yeah, I jumped at that chance. I, I don't do well with leaving. and change very much. Yeah. Um, you know, when you think about it, I've only ever worked for for like three or four chefs in my life, yeah. so, um, you know, I'm, I'm getting on an age now, so, <laughs> as you would know, so, um, but no, it was, I think it was a good um, challenge for me, but a, you know, a good change of pace, and seeing the world as well, being in Singapore, completely different to, to Melbourne. And what um, was the dining
0: public in Singapore like at that time? Was it a big change from here? Yeah.
1: Well, it was a completely different restaurant, wasn't it? it was, we had thirty seats. Oh, you know? okay, yeah, right. Typically, the club was thirty seats. Yeah. Uh, around yeah. the bar, um, you know, and then Fruit of Mon being eighty seats, lunch and dinner, like it pretty intense. Um, but yeah, it was when Ryan was first starting out, so it was it was a good change of pace. Yeah. Um, and just one, you know, it was it was quite, um, you know, just one menu. We were focused on lunch and dinner, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, you know, and it was very much driven from cocktails and food, so it was lots of fun. A lot, you know, very, very different as well. So, you know, Shannon's approach very French, modern French, and Ryan is very contemporary. Um, you know, he was very big on the molecular side of the of, uh, of the cuisine side of the world. Um, so I got to learn a different um, part of you know the food the food world, I guess, and that's something that I was really big on. So how I could have a different approach to you know, different cuisines so, and techniques. Yeah, right.
0: And, you know, obviously it's, um, you probably get asked this too often, but just the whole Gordon Ramsay thing, I was really um, delighted to read that you um, think really highly of him and you learn so much from him in different areas. It's not perhaps a story or a, um, a perspective that we might often hear. So it's really great to, I, I, I loved hearing that. Mm. So mm-hmm. tell
1: me, so from Singapore, did you decide to go to New York or did you... So Singapore, I went to New York yeah. and met um, Josh Emmett, Gordon Ramsay at, at the London Hotel, um, which then I learned that they were open in Mays, Melbourne, in Melbourne. So spent some time with the guys in New York there. yeah, well. And uh, then the team from New York, actually, I think it was about eight eight, guys, eight, eight, eight staff from there came out, set up Mays, Melbourne, Mays Grill, um, and that's when I've got my got real deep into to the Gordon life um, he, he wasn't he didn't visit as much in Melbourne as he did in New York um, but I think when you bring the people from his group and, and his culture you get a piece of him anyway yep. so and uh, you know we're talking about this, some of the best talent in the world right so um, again feeling very blessed in the position I was at I got to really you know be amazed from the start and pre-opening and you know again being a chef but also looking at it from the other lens of being an operator
0: yeah.
1: Um, seeing how to set up a restaurant pre-opening you know what you have to go through from, from a food costing perspective to um, food tastings to staff training to finding the right team right structure bringing it all together before you open the doors like did we put a lot of effort and time into that before we even open up for a single diner yeah. and that was like eye-opening for me right yeah. like bringing essentially we had you know between the two restaurants, there was about 30, 35 chefs. And we, we weren't even open yet. And we are in there cooking food every day, trying yeah. to be trying to be great, trying to make it perfect, um, trying to live up to the Gordon Ramsay standard, because anything he puts his name to needs to be within his, you know, standards, I guess, right? So it was, it was, it was, it was lots of fun, and it was very challenging. And so, so what kind of food was that? Um, well, very much Josh Emmett, being from New Zealand, um... Brought a bit of that American side of things to English, so very English-style Gordon Ramsay food. Yeah. Um, So smaller portions, Um, I reckon the methodology around the the dishes there was for maize, essentially, was everything had to be cooked or done within eight minutes, so a lot of preparation. Wow. Um, So more avant-garde type of dishes, probably a little bit too um, English-driven for Melbourne. As you would know, we've, we're very fortunate with what we have here. Um, so it's a it's a challenging market to sit in, especially yeah. for you know the talent that come in from overseas. Um, but yeah, I think we, we we developed over that sort of two year span of you know where where the food was going. We probably started with a lot of products from overseas, and then we we become a bit more local um, local produce driven. But um, yeah, the the maze philosophy was you know, anything that was, can be cooked within eight minutes that, you know, again, we had I think one or two hats there, so it was, it, it was a lot of work, and uh, it was lots of fun though, I remember at one stage we, I was on, I first started on the meat section at Mays, and there was me and another chef from, from Sydney, and um, we'd look around, there'd be the only two there, every section had four or five chefs, and it was just me and him, working away, making, we had six dishes on the menu, and you're looking at eight to ten components on each dish. Wow. It was it was uh it was a push that's for sure. And but one one thing I did learn about when we brought recorders out here is all the that was the when the the um, movement of you know chefs working eight hours, you know etc etc. It was like okay we had to compact our jobs into yeah. eight hour shifts right, which was you know challenging enough considering we come from pre you know you work and whatever you know, do whatever it was whatever it takes mm. you know whether it's know 10, 12, 14, 16 hour days you know it all changed, that's when the movement changed
0: so Yeah Yeah, it's interesting thinking about you know New York versus um, Melbourne, I was speaking to Jay Bang last week from Freya and he was saying that he just loved being in New York for the fact that um, people in New York are really willing to spend lots of money and they want quality and and I think people in Melbourne also want quality, but there's probably less of the being able to spend big money, I mean, certainly venues that run to that here, but um, do you think that's a, is that, is that what you felt as well, that there was a different um, approach to eating out in, in New York, or is it kind of the similar but on a, a smaller scale in Melbourne? Yeah,
1: definitely. I mean, New York's one of the richest cities in the world, Yeah. so... Well, yeah. Um, but the big thing about new york and what they've done really well for so long is their service and nice. their service make you spend <laughs> so yeah. essentially you got you got staff that are well, the servers essentially earning their money through tips yep. so of course it's going to be the best service in the world right they're going to they're going to upsell they're going to push you for more et cetera, etc um so whereas here in australia i'm not saying our service is not great it's just it's completely different. Yes. So, yeah. um, I mean, you go to certain groups, like the McConnell Group, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, um, you'll find impeccable service. Mm. Unbelievable. And when I go to Gimlet, I feel like I'm in New York. Yes. Um, but then also when I see the bill, I feel like I'm in New York. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um
1: But... Um, That's right. But when, when I think about it, and even think of the likes of Gimlet, I mean, essentially their food and what they do doing is, is great, but it's, it's simple. It's... Yes they're produce driven they're not trying to be what's on trend or any of that kind of stuff it's just they do it really well and that's what New York's always done really well so you know I feel like the spend per head is a little bit different Um, but again you know New York you're talking about you know the 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 where you sit in is costing you know cost a fortune to sit in that restaurant, right? They're paying their their leases or the buildings. You know, even you look at hotels over there, like you're not finding a hotel less than five hundred dollars a mm. night. Like it's real estate city of the world. So
0: yeah, you've said a couple of times, um, you know, referring to your experiences of working with really amazing people, that you were really lucky to do that, and like, and um and, and I guess like you we're lucky, but I feel like um you know these things don't just happen by accident. You obviously had what it takes to be in those places and to be around those people. What do you think it, it is that, or it, it was, that, that you need as a chef to be able to tap into that luckiness of being around those good people? Because you can't just walk in there and be lucky. You have to be offering something. So what do you think that was for you?
1: I mean, Working hard, yeah, like that's a big key. You gotta, you gotta work hard. And my, I think these days you can have a, I mean, definitely have a voice uh, of what you need and what you want to do. But I guess I was very much driven to the people piece, mm. um, and having a voice to say that that's what I needed and that's what I wanted. I mean, you don't see it probably as much these days. You more look at jobs here and there and whatever else. Whereas, like, I targeted what I wanted and what I needed. And I found a way to surround myself with that. Mm. Um, I guess that's sort of who I am, right? Like, I, I'm very independent. I'm very values-driven. Um, I surround myself with people that I think that can help benefit me. Um, you know, at the start, it was Shannon Bennett. And, you know, going into that dinner, having lunch, sorry, at Vooda in Carlton, I spent the next two years developing myself in a position where, okay, I can do it now. Yeah. Um, you know, and then to the point where spending time with Ryan, who I still think is one of the best chefs in the world, um, I felt like I could do that. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like he believed I could be there. Um, so it was a, a two-way street. And then with Gordon, you know, being in Melbourne and then back in America, I saw, it, I saw a, 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 a way of finding learning something different that wasn't just food. You know, he built an empire. Yes. You know, yeah. and again, it's not too far off my philosophy of you surrounding yourself with great people. He he, surrounded himself with great minds Ooh. that help build who he is. So, I guess it's um, you know, understanding the the metrics of what you need as yeah. where you want to go, yeah. and having goals, and then going after it. You know, chase them and do whatever it takes to get there. Sometimes opportunities. Arise and you know, the right ones. You, if they're the right ones, it's because you know that's what you're after. If you don't know what you're after, you can't chase what you need. So, yeah. I guess that's sort of how I looked at it. And I mean, with that, it always takes a little bit of luck as well, right? You know, the right <laughs> time, right place, um, yourself in the right position. Um, you know, I didn't just go into Shannon Bennett's, boot them on, and go, I'm ready to go. I, no, that's I went right. and did the work, and yeah. You know, like I cooked his whole book before I even started there. So, you know, you, you, you put in the work. Yes. Um, and and you want to evolve and you want to get better every day. That's that's important.
0: And it feels a little similar vein, um, the intentional way um, that you've set up your group. And you've got quite, quite a few... You've got an empire. Have you, would you say it's an empire? <laughs> you've got a lot of venues. And I'm just watching... I mean, just by the, we thought we got through you know, lockdowns and all of those things, but I guess the cost of living is pinching because I've been saddened and surprised to see a number of places I wouldn't have expected saying that they weren't going to open their doors in 2024. Like they shut at Christmas, said, see you in 2024, but they've not been able to reopen. And it's, that's, that's come up a few times already um, over January. But you've got several places. So, so clearly there's more involved than just luck and having places in Coogee and here and, you know, so what, is it always your plan to have several different things on the go or has that just happened or what, how does that
1: go? I think, um, I think my goal's always been to go after a group. Yeah. Um, you know, I think having one, knowing who I am and what I've done, I get bored really easily. Yeah, um, But saying that, it's it all changes. You you evolve, you know. And I'm sitting here today, thinking, God, it'd be great just to have one. <laughs> um, you know, the more people you get, you know, more challenges you have um, from a structure perspective, but also how you operate. Um, it is challenging out there for for small businesses, essentially. I mean, we're we're, we're fortunate enough. A lot of our venues are in hotels. Yeah. Um, you know, and when you look at hotels as you know, we're sitting in a hotel that has you know 250 rooms above us, so you know that's people that can come in and eat lunch and dinner. You know, yeah. it's right there in the vicinity of 20 steps. So, um, so I look at it from a different different lens to what a lot of small businesses do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it is very different, but I like the fact that there's different ways to express how I look at food. Yeah, it's good. Um,
0: the Tuckeria, Tuckeria. The there's like... Dive there's bar. All,
1: dive bar, um, you know, all the type of... All different venues. Yeah. You know, we're just about to open oddies as well next week across the Crown Plaza of Melbourne, which is like a little bistro. Amazing. So there's different ways to express my love of food out to the community. And that's something that keeps me sane. Um, but, it, I mean, yeah, it's, it's been a challenging three, four years, hasn't it? It's, and I feel like it's getting um it's getting getting harder but you have to be able to adapt instead of looking at what we can't do we look at what we can do you know we're in this phase of of of, um menu engineering around you know our food to be simpler um less ingredients on plate more produce driven um you know more efficient techniques how to support the labor side of things and that's something that without being around gordon or the or the guys have been around I wouldn't have been able to adapt and course correct and help our businesses you know succeed and and, and move in a direction where it can keep the doors open essentially yeah. so um that's that's how we look at it so but you know i have a lot of friends out there that you know might not open the doors again but then i have some friends out there chasing it and still going after it yeah. you know and, and opening new restaurants um and i'm not saying it's luck i think it's a lot of hard work and You got to have a really good strategy you have a really good approach and also the biggest thing and what we invest in is the people you've got to find the people invest in the people support the people and um you know bring the best out of them and that's something that when you have a group that's that's where my focus really uh aligns with is, is finding the right people and supporting them setting them up for success is the most important thing
0: yeah absolutely so, Oddie's will be a bistro. Will that
1: be everyday occasion bistro? Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah.
0: So, so modern Australian or French?
1: Uh, <laughs> Australian, yes. um, With French techniques. Nice. Yes. Um, but we, I think the days of calling what what it, what it is is, 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 is is changed a little bit. Okay, it's that's more good. just um, my my motto around is an everyday occasion bistro. Yeah. Um, I think it's more about what the community and what the guests want now. We're, we're going through our phase at the moment where the simpler is better. Um, so things like steak frits and roast chicken frits with tarragon gravy, um, nice pate on the menu, the oysters, so you know, um, all them type of beautiful things like, um, you know, surf and turf even is on the menu, right? So it's, uh, it's very much a strategy around the guests that are in that hotel. Um, from corporates to the leisure market, so we're more focused in on research on who's our clientele there, and you know understanding what the clientele want, and that's what we've developed in in oddies. So, and that's how my approach to when we're creating venues now. I'm working one at the moment over at Kingsford in Adelaide, um, in the Barossa. Oh, um, used to be McLeod's um, Daughters, um, where they filmed McLeod's Daughters, the TV show. Wow. Um, so, yeah, just working through the strategy on what, what we look at there from a concept to what the guests want and what the clientele is, a lot of market research done and that's where we emphasise and spend a lot of time on before we create and make a venue, which is a little bit different to, you know, what, what small businesses might look at, um, all, the, all the new players in the game of up restaurants or cafes. Um, we have a different approach, so a lot of research involved. And are you
0: still on the PANS? <laughs> Sometimes.
1: <laughs> my heart will always be on the pants. Yeah. Um, I think now these days it's more around folk, more around events. Um, you know, like next week I get to cook at the NBL um, at Melbourne United Basketball in the Chairman's Lounge. Events like that, I still love to get on the pants and cooking. And, you know, it's, it's a way of showcasing me and my personality and who I am. Um, but still really heavily involved in menu creation. Um, you know, spending time with the chefs is one of my biggest things I've always said from day one. You know, I had the, the chance to be around Gordon and Shannon and, you know, I've always said that spend time with the chefs and, 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 and involve them and get them in the position to be, you know, from a financial perspective, a six-figure chef, but also in a, in a position that they can have the ability just not just to create menus, but uh, cost menus and operate restaurants. Um, and which is key so that's where I, I, I spend my time focusing on sometimes I love just getting in the kitchen and, you know once you know every so often you know cooking on the pans or being with the head chef and these days they don't like me around too much they try and kick me out <laughs> um, I think it's a bit more of a respect thing and they're like I can do that I can do that I can do that but um, you know my heart will always be there and I, 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 I'm lucky enough still cook for a lot of people outside the restaurants um, you know so that's that's where I spend some time and but these days very much the emphasis is on working on the business yeah uh, rather than in it so
0: and so with all that in mind and, and your own um, experience as well as um, working with so many great people what would your advice be to a young person who was thinking about becoming a chef or starting off on that chef's
1: journey? Mm. Um, set yourself a goals list you know what do you want to learn who you want to be around and, and and dial in on that. Focus on who, what, what it is that you you know, what cuisine. My 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 philosophy's always been: is it is it French? Is it Australian? Is it Japanese? Go spend time and 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 spend and spend it wisely, um, and surround yourself with with great people, passionate people, um, and with an end goal of what you want to get out of it is is an important piece. I think that's something that I always tell my guys is, you know. I don't expect to hold anyone forever. I expect them to have the goals of what they want to learn, and how long that's going to take, and understand that, and commit to that. Have a bit of um, have have loyalty to that, um, and be transparent. Um, and if you do that, a bit of old school, met, you know, thinking is I'll help you go to the next spot, you know, because it is it's a small community. Like you can, everyone knows everyone. Everyone's looking for staff. Uh, you do your time. Learn what you need to learn and then, you know, get the help for what's next. And that's something I'm real big on. So I never say I want to keep, you know, even though I have a bunch of chefs that have been with me for, well, geez, my group chef's been with me 10 years. Um, but, you know, like I'm always pushing to put more experience into them, um, whether it's Stardust or other restaurants, uh, whether it's their time's done here. That's, you know, I think you need to shift your focus here because if their goal, end goal, is to have their own restaurant, they need to be out and, 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 and out there with others to understand different sides of the business or the cooking side of things for what their goal is. So have the goals, set them and be loyal to them and, go, and set yourself, stay true to your values and who you are and uh, get in there and work hard. You know, that's, that's the best advice that I ever got. So my dad always said, surround yourself with the best. If you want to being in the company of the best so that's something that i always try and train and tell the tell the guys that are coming up
0: perfect thank you so much Um. thank you so much for listening to this episode of conversation with the chef with matthew butcher at ronnie's if you liked what you heard you can check out all the goodness on instagram at matthew underscore butcher but also at ronnie's melbourne that's r-o-n-n-i-e-s melbourne if you'd like to hear more stories from other chefs, I'm on Instagram at Conversation with a Chef, and that's how you can tell when I put a new story up. You can also read the chat and become a subscriber at www.conversationwiththechef.com. I would love it if you told a friend about my chats. And of course, you can follow me on Apple and Spotify and give me a review, uh, which brings it to other people's attention. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day and bon appétit.